What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, it get tragic. Luke with the ball, yeah, it get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Luka with the step back three. Oh, yeah! Boy, Chris Stabs, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just want to ring, want to fill the gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads, dang, I relax, still at the champs. Even still coming with the Calibus flow, the man's the best on the flow. I'm wild, but yeah, I'm the goat. Welcome, guys. It's another edition of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and Dallas basketball on SI colleague, Matt Galatson. Matt, how you doing today? Good, uh... Got a lot of good questions. Excited to talk about. Uh, excited for the weekend. I've got t- tomorrow, so Thursday and Friday off, and I'm going to go hunting. So that'll be fun. Definitely. And, uh, sounds like a sounds like some stress relief. Well, I know uh, it, it's hard to think about, you know, with everything going on. With you know, yesterday was election day, and as of right now, at this recording, we still don't have a. <laughs> a final decision on all that stuff but uh anything on social media has just been crazy to this point and you know it's good to get away from all of that and just talk about basketball for a little bit and you know the good thing about all you know people forget the draft is in two weeks you know we're we're right here close to the draft starting and then uh the players as of tomorrow and friday they're voting on whether the season will start uh, December 22nd or uh, later in January. And it, it's believed that that vote is going to, you know, sway towards the December 22nd thing. So, I mean, we we could be jumping into things pretty quick here, Matt. It, it's going to be fun. Uh, we're both excited to see what the Mavs can do, and uh, especially as it comes to the draft because they've got two – uh, not not top picks, you know, they're not lottery picks, but they've got two good picks, basically two first-rounders because they got the Warriors' number 31 pick, first pick in the second round. They've got the number 18 pick. And, you know, we know that the Mavs, up to this point, they, they want to make win-now moves. We've talked about that. Uh, they're, I mean, yes, they're, they're thinking Giannis in 2021. He's in the back of their, their minds, and I'm sure that – you know, they're going to be full force on that next offseason. But they want to win now, and that's the right mindset to have. And they also would prefer, you know, veteran players who who have playoff experience and fit well with Luka and KP. You know, whatever makes them closer to a true contender this next season. And earlier today, Shams reported that uh, the Pelicans – have been in trade talks with multiple contenders uh, regarding Drew Holiday. 
And this is really interesting from a Mavs perspective because Drew Holiday is a guy that, that Dallas has loved for a long time. They've had a lot of interest in him. Uh, you know, if the Pelicans hadn't offered Holiday that fifth year in 2017 free agency, he would probably be a Maverick right now. Uh, so there was mutual interest back then, and that was even before Luca and and Kristaps Porzingis were on the Mavs. So you have to think that Drew Holiday, whatever interest he had in Dallas back then, it has to be more now. <laughs> Uh, you know, given the team's trajectory and uh, his seamless fit. And you have to think that, you know, in his mind, if it has to, if it comes down to the Pelicans and the Mavs, you have to think that he has a better chance of winning more with Dallas than New Orleans, at least, you know, in the immediate future. So I, I think it's interesting. What do you think about adding Holiday? I mean, obviously, I mean, we talked about this a lot in the past. I love the idea. Um, he's just such a perfect fit. Yeah. I mean, he's not like the big wing, long wing that you want, but he does pretty much everything that you want one of those guys to do. You know, he, he defends really well. He can defend multiple positions. He's, he's a, you know, obviously a guard. You know, he can, he can get his own shot. He can, you know, control the ball. He can distribute. He can shoot. Um, he's, you know, he's veteran, he's tough, he's everything. Um, the question to me is what you would have to give up to get him. Uh, I've been running a couple of trades through the trade machine and, you know, based on what the Mavericks said, nothing is off the table except for, you know, the two Europeans. Right. And so, then, I mean, I think that's the right approach to have. Right. I, I do too. But I mean, there's, there's kind of a low ball package that I put together and there's kind of a middle package that I put together, and then there's kind of a, oh, shit, maybe not, but I'd probably still do it kind of package <laughs> that I put together. So which one do you want me to start with? Let's start middle ground. What, what, what do you think middle ground package is here? Okay, so I think the middle, the middle ball or the middle ground is um, you do DeLon Wright, Seth Curry, Justin Jackson, and – either one or both of the picks, preferably just one, preferably the first round pick. Um, the money works. You still get the second round pick, but they get a guy to sort of replace holiday and they, you know, they get the pick, they get holidays money off the books. Yeah. That's the big part, right? It is. Uh, the low ball package, which I'm just kind of like, come on, come on. I mean, they're definitely going to get much better offers than this, so it's kind of stupid. But I have a feeling we're going to get roasted over this lowball package, but we have labeled it – Matt has labeled it a lowball package, so take it for what it and is, people. It's a lowball package that is legal and works. So don't hit me with all these mentions where it's like, oh, why would the Pelicans do this? Just, it, it's, it is what it is, okay? Uh, DeLon Wright, Justin Jackson – and the two picks. Do they do that? They do. 99% no. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, that, that's the low ball package, and it's probably not going to do it. You're getting a little bit warmer with the medium package, and now I think we're on the same page with what you're about to, what you're about to put out there for the, uh, you know, the <clears throat> higher end 
trade package for Holiday. Right. The higher end trade package is right the two picks, Curry and Brunson. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably the only way that it happens. Yeah. And, I, I mean, look, if you had to do something – the thing is, it's easy to plug in Tim Hardaway Jr. into a Drew Holiday trade. But to make the money work and to make it more worth, you know, worth the Pelicans' consideration, they're, they're, they're going to want more – they probably want more – youth and guys on uh, multi-year contracts, you know, more years of control with these guys, plus the picks. So I, I think that's probably, you know, the, the best package for it. I mean, and you could, sw- you could swap out, you know, a few guys here and there because, like you said, uh, everybody except Luca and KP uh, are on the table. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, you could swap out some pieces here and there to make it work, but I, I, I think that high-end trade package is what would probably get the Pelicans' attention. And I mean, look, they have a lot of competition because there's a lot of teams out there that could, in theory, beat the Mavs' best package for Drew Holiday. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that they're going to offer it, or you know or that's going to happen, you know, depending on who calls, uh, Pels could be talking with Donnie, Donnie Nelson and agree on a trade before, you know, <laughs> before somebody else comes along with something better. Uh, so it, you never know how it's going to go. It's more of a timing thing as Nelson himself told us. Uh, but we do know that there's mutual interest there. Uh, there's still interest there on the Mavs part. I know that for a fact. Now on Drew Holiday, we're just kind of speculating on that part because he had interest in the Mavs in the past. And you just kind of figure if, you know, if he did then pre Luca and KP, he, you, you would think he definitely would have interest in playing for him now. Cause uh, he would just be an excellent backcourt compliment to Luca. But I, I would, even on that high end package, I, I do it in a heartbeat because we talked about this a little bit before we came on here to record. Yeah, you're giving up both picks and you're giving up, you know, multiple role players and everything. But I think if you add Drew Holiday, it increases your chances of adding a, another difference maker in free agency with your MLE, your mid-level exception. Uh, you know, if you wanted to add a guy like Jay Crowder, with the MLE, I think that increases your chances of, of getting a guy like him, you know, possibly Jeremy Grant, even though I think it's like 99% he's going to return to Denver. Uh, a guy like Gallinari, who we've talked about, you know, he, they were close, the Mavs were close to trading for him at the trade deadline, but they couldn't uh, come to terms on a contract extension then. Probably because Gallinari wanted – you know, more money than what the Mavs wanted to give him. So give me what I want. Right. <laughs> so, you know, if you, if you make a trade for Drew Holiday, then you have Luca, Drew Holiday as your two. We're going to leave the three open for now. Put KP at the five pretty much. And, you know, probably play Dorian starting at the four. So that leaves that, uh, that, that three spot open. 
I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I think it really increases your chances of a guy like Jay Crowder, possibly uh, Jeremy Grant, and then, you know, you could do some things where you put Dorian at the three or, and uh, go after Gallinari to place at the four. So there's a lot of good things that could come from this is, is what I, <laughs> that's my main point. I mean, I know I'm just kind of scatterbraining right now, but there's just, I could see so much going well from making this move, even if you have to give up you know, what most would consider the, the higher-end package. Yeah, and if you, if you were able to keep one of those guys um, and you didn't have to throw all of them in there, I think I prefer to keep Curry. But yeah, the odds of them not wanting both of those guys are pretty low, I think. And look, even so. if they wanted – and I know, I know people have – People get attached to Mavs role players, and I get it. I love a lot of these guys. But, you know, even if they said, well, like say they didn't want Curry, but they said, well, we, I think we'd rather have Maxi. Oh, I mean, dude, I would yeah. do that. I would do that too because, you know, Willie Colleystein, he's more than likely, in my opinion, going to accept his $2 million player option. And he's not Maxi. You know, he can't shoot like Maxi did this past season, but – He's enough of a good defender that he can make up for a little bit of that if he gets the playing time. So there's ways you can cover that. And I mean, you're getting Drew Holiday, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who 20. averages close to 20 points, seven assists, and five rebounds a game. So I, I love Maxi, but he has been more overrated by Mavs Twitter than any player I have ever seen. Now, get look, if he would have, if his season performance, his regular season performance before the shutdown had carried over into the bubble and into the postseason. Maybe we think differently about this. I still don't think so because I just think, you know, he's he's a he's good. How do I want to put this? He is a good player to potentially great role player, depending on, you know, <laughs> what mood he's in, I guess. But you have to be willing to let go of guys like that if it gets you a, an all-NBA talent. You know, Drew Holiday, he's made two all-defensive teams. He's averaging 27-5, and five basically. On He shoots 45% from the field and uh, 35% from three. I mean, you, just, you, have to, you have to try and upgrade like that if you can. So – that's my thing. I I love Maxi Kleba. I love Dwight Powell and Jalen Brunson and all these guys. But I mean, you have to be willing to upgrade if you want to if you want to win. So, right. But anyway, so I, I think everybody's on the same page with as far as you know Drew Holiday being a great fit with the Mavs, and uh, we'll keep monitoring that situation that Shams brought up with you know he said multiple teams or are talking about trading for holiday with pills. So now just briefly before we read off some, some mailbag questions, Bradley Beal has been brought up uh, again. <laughs> we've talked about Bradley Beal a lot, not as much as Giannis, but uh, in the past we, it seems like Matt for the last, you know, two to three years, we have just been trying to will this into existence. And the Washington Wizards, they're just so stubborn. Uh, they've held on to Bill. And uh, despite them just 
being one of the more mediocre franchises year after year, they've never pulled the plug. So they're hard-headed, they're persistent, but, you know, it may be getting to the point where Bill himself decides he wants to get out. And our guy, Mike Fisher, he wrote a piece on DallasBasketball.com earlier this week uh, talking about a podcast that, uh, that Bill went on recently. And he was talking about with this last extension he signed with the Wizards, he made the last year of that deal a player option. Uh, so it would be he, – he could potentially be a free agent summer after next, so 2022. And he said that he wanted that flexibility built in there just in case he wanted out. So he wasn't saying that he wanted out at the time, but, I mean, you can kind – you get the mindset. It's like he – it's like he put a, a deadline <laughs> for, the, for Wizards management. Like, look, I'm, I'm giving you all another shot here signing a three-year extension, if it doesn't look like it's going that way, then, you know, I'm going to want to get out. So then the next question turns to, well, if he wants to get out sooner than later, could the Mavs trade for him? And I don't think this is as realistic of a possibility as it would be trading for Drew Holiday. But, I mean, like I said, you never know. And, I mean, the Mavs, they've made trades with the Wizards in the past, so there's some familiarity there. Uh, But, I mean, what do you think? you think Bill gets moved this summer, or you think it's going to be the same old, same old with the Wizards being stubborn? Um, I don't know. Like, at a certain point, a player is probably going to have had enough. You know what I mean? Seems Uh, like we're well past that point, but it just just keeps going. And, look, he's in the worst situation I can imagine, right? He's stuck in a franchise that can't get out, of, get out of its own way, has no way, even if they could get out of their own way, they have no way to do it. And they're so tied up with John Wall's contract, there's no way they're going to be able to get any help. And he's just wasting the best years of his prime sitting there doing nothing and at a certain point he's gonna he's gonna look at his agent and be like dude get me out of here like tomorrow yeah i mean i get it you had john wall and when when both of those guys were healthy i don't even know john wall hasn't been healthy since bradley bill truly reached his prime (laughs) <laughs> well, I think it's John Wall's injury that helped Bradley Beal reach his prime because he had to take on a much bigger role. Like, he was already taking on a big role. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. he had to be unequivocally the guy. Yeah. And I think that's a good point, too. It's like the Wizards themselves are thinking, okay, well, if we can finally get John Wall healthy after, after Beal has made this leap, you know, maybe it'll really take us to the next level, but they don't even think about, you know, <laughs> maybe that's why Bill has taken this next step. So, I mean, I, it, it's a really interesting situation. Uh, it's something, you know, uh, we've been monitoring for a while. We've talked about it a lot. You know, I, I tried to do my, uh, my Twitter magic the other day. I put out that if the Mavs trade for Bradley Bill on draft night, I won't tweet again until the start of the season. <laughs> you know, the last time you did that, 
you lost the bet. Yeah, last time I did that, I, it was uh, the Cowboys and Falcons game, and I was just like, if the Cowboys get this onside kick, I'm just not tweeting until next Sunday, and it happened. So I'm trying to, you know, garner up some more magic here, and, you know, maybe the universe will reward us for it. But it's just wishful thinking at this point. But like I mentioned, I, I think the holiday idea, that that's a lot that, – that's really interesting – and it's a lot more realistic, in my opinion. I could definitely see that being a move the Mavs make this offseason. So. Agreed. All right. So, a lot of you sent in questions for this week's mailbag. We don't have time to go through all of them this week, uh, unfortunately. So, we're going to break it up into two parts. We're going to do a couple of them. This week and then next week, it's going to just be all about the mailbag. And y'all can add more if y'all need to, you know, in this upcoming week. But, all right, we're going to start. Hold on. The point of this is we love you all, and we want to answer all of your questions. (laughs) So don't get mad if we don't get to it this week. We got you covered. Yeah, we're going to get to it. We're going to answer your questions. Okay. We're going to start with Chris. Uh, Chris Kahn, and I, I'm pretty sure Chris has contributed to every single mailbag we've done this offseason. Chris, you're awesome. Uh, okay, so Chris says, I've seen people here briefly bring the thought of a Justin Holiday, Jay Crowder type of guy uh, for more depth. To help the rebounding too, maybe a guy like Harry Giles. These are just a few names I've seen that would be nice to have. Okay, so the Justin Holiday thing's interesting since we've been talking about Drew Holiday because I think if you trade for Drew, then there's a high possibility that you could see the Mavs sign Justin Holiday too to bolster depth, especially considering or depending on who they send back to New Orleans in that trade. Uh, because I think that was part of the deal in, in 2017. You know, if if Drew Holiday had come over to the Mavs it was reported that it was likely going to be a a double thing. He was going to play with his brother, too, in Dallas. So that's really interesting. I could see that. We've talked about Jay Crowder. Uh, Definitely love the idea of bringing him back to Dallas, especially with all the playoff experience he now has. He's become a a better shooter since his time in Dallas. Love that. Now, Harry Giles is a guy we haven't talked about. Our guy, uh, Kirk Henderson, over at Mavs Moneyball, we've had him on here numerous times, and I know that's a guy he really likes. What do you think about Giles? Uh, well, first of all, Dalton, just to save you the the uh, the shellacking later on Twitter, it's Giles. Uh, ah, Giles. Well, that that lets you know how how much I keep up with him. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I mean, it's not Giannis. The Giannis Giannis debate, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's not as bad as saying Giannis, but you know, <laughs> well, just coming from experience, just so you know. Uh, yes. anyway, Harry Giles, yes, uh, I love that idea. Um, he's the one thing about him, and I think we talked about this in either the last pod or the pod before that, was getting guys who have injury histories is kind of getting old, right? Tired of it. But he's so much fun, and he's so good. And he doesn't command a lot of money because his injury history is already well-known. Yes. So I'm all about that. It's not like you're trying to get a dude who you're paying 
like Wes Matthews where you're paying a ton of money to that's got an injury history. It's minimum type money. Right. And and again, you know, just I keep going back to this with the Drew Holiday thing, but, you know, if depending on who you send back in a potential trade for him, I mean, you might have more of a need for, for Giles. Like, I, I don't know – I'm not familiar if he if he can shoot or not. Um, you might have more insight on that than I do. But, like, say that what the Pels huh? – Sorry, what you want Giles for is his defense and his rebounding and the shot block, all that stuff, and his athletic ability. Right. So, in theory, you could let – you could send Maxi in a trade somewhere and, you know, potentially sign a guy like Giles – it's basically the same concept as I was saying with Willie Collystein picking up some of the slack, but you'd have Giles instead. <laughs> right, right. And now people, I think people might forget, but when he was coming out of college, like, you know, well, I guess not coming out of college, but like going into his freshman year of college when he had his, you know, initial injury problems or whatever. He was in the conversation to be the number one pick in the draft that year. That's how much of a talent he is. Yeah. So, yeah, he's definitely got some untapped potential there that I would I would love to see, you know, him get with the Mavs and their awesome training staff. And like you said, you don't want to put too much on them with, you know, multiple injury-prone players. But I think he's young enough and his injury history isn't as – concerning in my opinion as kp's is but i'd love to put him on on the mavs and get him with rick carlisle and luca and all those guys and, and see how uh he unfolds as a player going forward yeah and the big thing there is he's like i said before there's no money involved so yeah you've got a lot more margin for error all right next one here this is from rolando uh he says how far could both picks in the draft and, you know, maybe along with uh, filler players like uh, Justin Jackson, DeLon Wright, or any other throw-ins potentially move the Mavericks up without costing them flexibility for the future? So, and he mentions, mentions keeping the powder dry, as the Mavs would say. No. Okay, so here. Are we talking about moving up in the draft? Yeah, yeah, because there was a report that the Mavs are interested in moving up in the draft. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, so there's a report that they're interested. It, it it probably depends on who's available and you know what the package is. I think you could move. I mean, moving up in the draft isn't going to affect them next off season anyway. Uh, I just don't – if anything, de depending on if you move up for a certain player and you're adding other fillers to get that uh, player you're moving up for, you're probably actually adding uh, projected cap space for next offseason. You know, if you're offloading, say, DeLon Wright, for example. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't think it hurts the Mavs at all. Just Just that's my quick take on it. Uh, and even if they did have to take on salary from somewhere else to move up, I don't think they're going to do that for a pick. I think they would do it for, you know, a certain player. Like if, uh, 
like Drew Holiday, for example. I haven't looked at the the Pelicans roster right now, but if they had to take a player that the the Pelicans wanted to shed other than Holiday in order to get Holiday, I think they would do it. Uh, just because the more talented you make your roster, the better pitch you have to a guy like Giannis next summer, and you increase your chances of him saying yes, and then you take care of making cap space when when you come to it. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't really have much to add to that. I, I think um, we've I really, we, we've been on the same page on that one for a while now. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that. Um, I don't think they acquire salary to get a pick. I think that's kind of, um, again, you know, not really the point of what they want to do. So, um, you know, if, if they move up, good. I mean, they've, that, this is the first year they've actually had draft capital to do something like that that I can remember. Right. So. All right. So this one is from uh, – BNE5, I uh, still don't know if that's your name or just your ad on there, but he's he's contributed to a, a lot of our mailbags here too. And look, this is going to be our last one for this week just because of our – we've got some time restraints this week we're working with. But uh, like Matt said earlier, we are going to answer every one of these. Uh, the rest of them just, you know, they're going to have to go on next week's pod. But anyway. This one says, if we talk about trading for guys like Bill or someone else, which, you know, that's what we spent the first half of this pod doing, uh, what about trading for Ben Simmons? Is his value as low as it can – his value is as low as it can be. Philly has a new staff and Maury likes to trade. So can you package something? No one will trade for him besides maybe Golden State. Uh, that, I mean, that's pretty interesting. Uh, my thing with Ben Simmons is I think, and I'm going to pull this up while we're talking about it, but I'm pretty sure his supermax kicks in this year. Uh, hold on while I, I'm pulling this up right now. While you're doing that, I, uh, I'm just going to say my quick thought here because I don't have a lot on this either. Yeah. Uh, I don't like it. Um, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but I don't want guards or not. I mean, I don't really know if you consider him a guard or not. He's just so big, and I don't know. That's what's going to make my take on this interesting. And you it's like a hybrid everything. Yeah. Right. But my thing with him is, I don't want players who have the ball in their hands that much if they can't shoot. Yeah. Here's my thing. Okay, so the, his his super Mac. I mean, it's it's really not as much as I thought it was. It's since he's a younger player, it's not like Chris Paul making nearly forty five million <laughs> in the next two years or whatever. But anyway, he makes twenty nine million starting this season. And my thing with Ben Simmons is, if you trade for him and he is okay with playing the four and being more of – and I know you don't like Draymond Green, but if he if he's okay with that type of role with the Mavs, then I think, you know, that works out well for the Mavs and him Pause. personally. I, I agree with your line of thinking here. Quick note, 
I don't not like Draymond Green because of the position he plays. I don't like Draymond Green because he's Draymond Green. He's an asshole. Well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I was just <laughs> – I didn't want to trigger you by just bringing his name up, you know. <laughs> but that, that's my thinking. You know, if they, if they traded for Simmons, and we know Maury – we know how he is with, uh, you know, wanting more three-point shooters and everything. So, it, you have to figure if something – if something happens, Ben Simmons being traded, I mean, that wouldn't shock anybody at this point, I don't think. So I think if you if the Mav traded for him, it would have to be understood, like, okay, you are going to play the four. Uh, you're going to be more of like this super Draymond Green type role. I mean, if you do eventually learn how to shoot, great, but that's not what you're here for. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. And I think he could really, really help the Mavs out there. He's a outstanding defender. Uh, like you said, he can handle the ball. He can he can finish at the rim. Uh, I just he, – he can pass it. I mean, he's, he's really, really good. He just can't shoot, and he doesn't need to be uh, your lead point guard. So, that's where I'm at on that. Yeah. And, I, I mean, we could put together a package for Simmons, but – Realistically, I don't think – again, you know, I, I think the more realistic type of trades for the Mavs right now are going to be that Drew Holiday tier. Uh, I would still put Ben Simmons a, a tier ahead of, of Holiday, and I don't think the Mavs have enough currently to uh, to pull off a trade like that. Yeah. Simmons, no, I, Simmons I, that is. I just uh... – I'm weary because he he does have he has a very strong personality. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but he's a very he's got a very strong personality. He's a very confident guy. He wants what he wants. Uh, um, I think there would have to be some kind of like I, I have a you, hard you know, time. You, you know how before trades are finalized, they have to do physicals and everything. Yeah, I think they would have to do a thing with Ben Simmons, like asking him if he's still dating. Uh, that Kardashian girl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, I, what I was trying to get at was yes, that's also a factor that should be considered. But I have a hard time believing he would accept a different role because he seems like the kind of guy that'd be like, "Nah, man, I play what I play. That's who I am. I want my role the way I like it." I, I that's just I don't know. Yeah. He doesn't seem like he'd be very open to making that kind of change. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, we've talked about these big, you know, bigger type trades all off season, And one of them was, you know, James Harden. Uh, you know, if the Rockets decide to blow things up. And it's kind of one of those same things where, you know, he's a ball-dominant player. Uh, there would definitely, definitely be concerns as far as, you know, taking the ball out of Luca's hand, how do they balance it and all that. But at least in that situation, you know James Harden is a really good three-point shooter. And he has the capability of playing off the ball and, you know, he can stay around the perimeter and knock down shots. But with Simmons, you have those same concerns as far as, you know, having the ball in in each player's hands and how are they going to manage that. The only difference is <laughs> Simmons just cannot shoot at all, 
and Luca, you know, he's still working on his his three point shot himself. So uh, I'll make one more point on this, and then we can close out. But and it's it's quick. But look at the way that teams have built around LeBron James. Because I think we agree that Luca has kind of a similar profile to LeBron. In oh yeah, he's your LeBron. Yeah. So look at the way that teams have built around LeBron successfully in the past. They don't typically surround him with players like himself. And Ben Simmons is like Luca in the sense that he's a big dude who distributes the ball and needs it in his hands all the time. Right. You give LeBron shooters. You give LeBron talented wings. You give LeBron, you know, players that make him or that, that he can make better, not players that take the ball out of his hands. Kyrie worked one time. Yeah. But he's also way different. He's a, he's a small guard who can knock down everything. You want to do that? That's fine. But don't add me another player that is Luca, but not as good. Yeah, especially at thirty million dollars a year. So, right. <laughs> well, and guys, Kyrie had lost his mind. By the way. Yeah, yeah, that was when, and look, even Kyrie even admitted after that, uh, after he forced his way out of Cleveland, <laughs> after those couple of years in Boston, he was he came out and said, like, man, I screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. I had it good. I should have. Uh, I should have appreciated it and, uh, you know, made a couple more runs at it. But anyway. <clears throat> but okay, that's gonna do it for another episode, y'all. Uh, we really appreciate y'all coming in and listening every week. Like we mentioned earlier, we will finish all of those other mailbag questions on next week's pod. Uh, be sure to go rate and, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you don't mind. Uh, but we hope you all have a great rest of the week. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days When I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ Crossover doing step backs in a pair of chains these days I'm about my chips like a bag of lace. I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same. How you real when you say your soul for the fame? Do anything for a dollar. I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot. Looked up the Dirk and MJ instead of blue collar. Excited at the idea of being a true baller. Riding in the bins, a copper and pilot. Feeling like I made it, now they trying to holler. This how we thinking life's supposed to be.